we're going to talk about the power of the seed today. And I want us to close out this, this year by getting a better understanding of seed time and harvest. And we'll be getting into that scripture, but I begin meditating on that again. There is a lot in that scripture that we need to get a hold of. And time is where most people lose out and get moved off of their faith is during the time period. But we need to rem rem remember faith is your servant. You've got to keep your servant out there. You've got to keep your faith intact by continuing to say what the word says. Keep your faith working out there regardless of what's going on in your life, whatever it is. Well, let's, let's go to Genesis 8. Most of you will know where we're going there. But I began thinking about this this morning. Well, actually, I started thinking about it last night. But in verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. God put a command on the earth. And it has to obey. It is a command that he put on it. But I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me, as I was looking at this again and just praying in the Spirit over it, what do you want me to see out of this scripture? He's, and this is what he said to me. It's not seed and then time and then harvest. This is what he said in my spirit. It's time to start sowing seed. Seed time. It is now seed time. Don't separate the time from seed. He said, today is the time for you. Do you are you getting that? Today is the time for you to start sowing for your tomorrows. And, to st and he didn't, you know, that word is not separated in that where it says seed time and harvest. It's one word, two words, seed time, and then the second word is harvest. <clears throat> so he's trying to get across to us, look, you've been neglecting sowing. You got to start sowing. Sowing why? For your harvest for tomorrow. If you don't sow today, if you don't plant today, whatever it is, then you're not going to have a harvest tomorrow. So the, that just became so real to me that it's time to start sowing, girls. Don't separate. I, I know that the time is important of when you receive a manifestation. But at the same time, he didn't separate that. I think he's trying to tell us it's time, girls. Today is the time. Because mm -hmm. we have a future out there. We have a lot of tomorrows out there. And, and Satan is as a what? Roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he can devour. Well, let me tell you, he cannot devour me because I'm sowing. I'm sowing. And I, and I know, I, I say this almost every day when I'm giving to somebody or doing something for somebody or whatever. 
I, I, t I tell them, they'll say, oh, you don't need to do that. They'll say that, and I think, I've got to keep seed in the ground. That's one of my, <laughs> my sayings almost every day. I have to keep seed in the ground. If I don't keep seed in the ground, then I don't have uh, a harvest for that day. It's only when I plant that I have a harvest. And girls, you got to get started planting because now is the time. And every person, uh, there's different facets to sowing, to what you sow. It could be you might need kindness. You might need a friend. You, you know, it can be different facets to what you're sowing. What do you need in your life? Then you sow for that <clears throat> so that you'll have a harvest coming. I don't know. That just was so, it's almost like you got to do this. Don't wait to become a sower <clears throat> excuse me so there is no there is more to this scripture to me that and it's saying than just saying it's time you know take it's going to take time for the manifestation well it may it may but to me he's saying start something start doing it but it's seed time now just like now is the day for salvation. It's seed time now, okay? It's time to plant, girls, today. Whatever there, your need is listed. I mean, the, the answer is listed in this Bible right here. So you've got to go and find out what it is that you need. So uh, when God spoke these words, uh, seed time and harvest, he set in motion... Though, uh, through these natural laws that he's talking about here that govern the earth, but they actually reveal spiritual truths to us uh, of how to apply them. We need to learn how to apply these things that he shared in the natural to our spiritual life so that we will relieve a, receive a harvest in the spiritual. So <clears throat> let's talk about the seed. I meant to bring a few seeds of something, and I walked right out of the house and didn't get them because I was running a little bit late. But if I had a corn seed and I had a pea seed, each one of these seeds, it, whatever seed it is, he was applying it from the natural. But you take this and apply it spiritually. Whatever the seed is that you're sowing, if it's for health, if it's for finances, if it's for friendship, it's for loneliness or, or whatever, whatever that seed that you're sowing is, uh, we need to see the potential of it. If I'm sowing for finances, and, and I gave, <coughs> if you gave in the, excuse me, <coughs> if you gave in the offering today, what is the potential of that offering? See, that was a seed you sowed. That seed in that offering, everything is seed. You remember that. Everything is, has to do with seed, seed time. So what is the potential of that dollar that you put in the offering? See, it has, it's a seed. Seed always has potential. So if you are being a friend to somebody, then what is the potential of you sowing friendship to someone that irritates you? 
Let's get practical. What is the potential of the seed you're sowing by becoming a friend to them? Are you getting this? So you take any seed that you sow, if it's relationships, whatever that seed is, you've got to see the potential of that seed or you won't release your faith. So if, if I was, and we'll, we may get into a little bit about uh, finances here in a little bit, but the important thing is there is life in every seed. Whatever you're sowing, if it's friendship, if it's kindness, if it's money, if it's love, if, if it's just listening, everything is a seed, and every seed has potential. And, I, you know, I thought about picking up some acorns, and I have hundreds, uh, with an S on it, of acorns on my deck right now because of all the oak trees. But if I had brought that, that acorn up here, there is life still in that acorn because it is a seed. And all I have to do is plant it, sow it, and it becomes a tree. If you need money and you sow money, it, and we can't dictate to anybody how much they need to sow because we're on different levels, but whatever your spirit tells you to sow. If you needed finances, because uh, in the natural, uh, holidays become expensive. They really do. We just feel like we've just got to give those grandkids this, that, and the other. And praise God, Chelsea told us this year, she said, I don't want you giving a bunch of stuff to my kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. She said, only... A couple of things. Well, by the time they get a couple of things from all of us, they got a lot of things. And what do we want to do? I mean, hey, I don't know about y'all, but these stocking stuffers can get expensive. I mean, expensive. And, you know, so do we need to sow for finances during this time? And, of course, we know wisdom goes along with all of that. But... Whatever seed you sow, even if it's a dollar, if you're sowing that because that's what you have to sow, then believe that because God said he would multiply the seed sown. That dollar becomes more than a dollar because God said he would multiply it. Well, I don't know how much. I'm not going to put a limit on that. His multiplication is big. Amen. So we just use money as an example because of right now we're money conscious. I don't know about y'all, but I am. You know? <clears throat> and we just, you know, believe for something to give to those kids. You know? Father, bring in the extra. Well, I'm going to sow a seed toward that. I'm going to give a quarter. That's what I have to give. I've got, I've got all kinds of change. I have a bucket. I have one two buckets that I put my change in. I'm talking about buckets. What can, I, what can I give out of those buckets? What can I give out of that change that's under my car seat or under the couch? See, there's something 
that you can give as a seed. Don't limit the seed. Because whatever it is, it will be multiplied when you give it away. When you sow it, when you plant it. Amen? Are y'all getting that? It doesn't matter the amount. Just as long as you become a sower, a planter. So we've got to keep seed in the ground, okay? Well, that was just a few little uh, sidelines there. But the seed, that you need to see the potential of the seed. Because it's going to grow when you plant it. Amen? It's going to become bigger. And remember, there's life in that. You put that dollar bill, that quarter in that offering, there's life in that. Don't see it just as being a quarter. There's life in it, not because it's a quarter, but because it's a seed. You've got to understand the power of a seed. And don't limit that power. Praise God. All right, the second thing I wrote down was we need to see the needs of a seed. A seed has needs. Well, sure it does. I see a question on your face. What in the world, what would a seed need? Water. Water it with what? If we take it over into the spiritual realm, what's our water going to be? The Word. So we're going to take the natural examples that he gives us and apply it to the, to the spiritual life. The water of the Word. Okay? And... Uh, We've got to know how to protect and give the seed what it needs to produce. What does it need? It needs to be planted. That quarter under the car seat is not going to do you any good. And don't ever look at it as being nothing. Because if you take it, a seed has to be planted to produce a harvest. And so if you leave that under the seat and think, oh, well, or you see a penny in the street, which we learned that from one of our ladies that moved away, how she started picking up after I told her that a penny is more than a penny. We taught this in ladies' Bible study one time. And if you'll remember this, uh, one of our ladies, I think it was Agape Weekends, I took money and scattered it all over the room. Do you remember that? Because I, I was wanting people to realize the value of a seed and that there is value even in a penny because a penny can become a seed for your financial needs. And so when I scattered that money, was it in here I did that? Yes. In here? I, yeah, in both places. And I just watched the ladies to see what a penny meant to them. Who was it that picked up the pennies? Someone picked, I saw her pick up the pennies. Others walked right by them because that seed meant nothing to them. That penny did not mean, hey, this is a seed I can sow. And so we've got to realize the value and the power that's in a seed, okay? And as I said, we're using finances there as an example, but it could be being kind to somebody that, like I said, that irritates the fire out of you, you know, or that you run down the other aisle from or, or whatever. 
there's different kinds of seed that we need to sow for our life. To, uh, what we're doing is getting rid of hindrances to our faith. We cannot have unforgiveness. We cannot have strife. We cannot run from people. Do you want to? Yep. You know, sometimes we do. Sometimes, sometimes the word time does come in because you think, I don't have time to stand here and listen to this. I've been there. You've been there. But instead, think about if I'm sowing time to stand here and listen to you, that's a seed sown and I'm going to have time. My time will be multiplied. Are you getting that? The value of a seed. And we've got to see different things as being seeds. Because he said, everything's a seed. My words are seeds. Your, seed, your words are seeds. Your actions are seeds. Okay, so. It doesn't matter how much faith I have in this, this seed. It will not multiply or produce a harvest until it is planted. Won't do you any good having it in your hand. Amen. Okay. In the natural realm, you get the ground ready for a seed, right? If you're a farmer, and he gives all those examples. I think those are such good examples, the natural realm. And we take uh, the principle and apply it to the spiritual realm. But uh, you, you prepare the ground for corn, for beans, for Karen Wilkins' tomatoes and green beans. We, Tom Wilkins gets out there and prepares that ground. Cindy, oh my stars. I eat off her harvest all the time. But I take that harvest. There's a seed in my harvest I'm receiving from you. Right? So what do I do? I don't eat my harvest. But I find the seed that's in that harvest. And I re-sow it. That's important that we do that. Um, I'll, I'll share this. I don't think John Van Cleef. He's one of our lawyers here in Russellville. Awesome man of God. But over the Thanksgiving holidays. No, it was during our, our spring, our fall picnic. He brings the ham every year our fall picnic and he has a method of doing his ham John forgive me if you hear this but he boils it first and gets all the yuck out of it I've never heard of doing that before have, have y'all done that who has May has I mean the taste of that ham is different because he's getting all that yuck out and then he cooks it and I told him, Susan was on the phone with him. And I hollered over the phone that she was holding. I said, boy, John, I'm sure I'm going to miss you, but I'm sure going to miss that ham you bring every year. Well, I came to church Sunday a week ago. And John and Judy had never back from their vacationing from all over everywhere. And he left me a ham in the refrigerator ready to just be heated and I just I laughed I absolutely laughed and I so when I got home I sent him a text message I said John 
thank you for the ham. I said, but I really do appreciate the ham, and I really do appreciate the ham that you bring every year, but I just want you to know something. It pays to brag on somebody's cooking. <laughs> and I got a, an answer back. I hope y'all, are you seeing this, all of this, your lifestyle? And so, uh, anyway, I got a text message back from him, and he said, well, thank you. He said, and on, he had instructions on that with a note telling me what temperature to put it on and how long to heat it. And I'm telling you, that ham was good. Well, he said it was, I mean, I think it was like 15 pounds. It was huge. I had to have somebody come get it and put, in, put it in my oven and take it out. And so... <laughs> I, I hope y'all don't mind me giving you examples, but seed, seed. So, he sowed a seed. That ham was a seed. And anyway, he said, share it. He is going to find out how much I shared that seed. Because in that seed, in that ham, was my seed. Are you getting this? The ham was my harvest, for one thing, but my harvest of a ham was there's more seed in that ham. And so, I mean, it was big. So Susan came, and she got some for her and Rusty. And then David came over, and he kept cutting off big chunks of that ham. I said, take more, take more. And he took a lot of ham. And then I ate a, a, a little bit of it for two days. Thanksgiving Day, so, uh, Chelsea called me. I don't know why I'm sharing all of this. But there's seed in your harvest. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't just receive your harvest and not get the seed out of it. So anyway, so Chelsea called, uh, texted me. She said, Dana, do you still have some of that ham? And I thought, well, here it goes, John. So what happened was they had called um, Cracker Barrel here and ordered ham, a cooked ham for Thanksgiving because they were having some of his family over. And they had met their, their limit and so they called Conway Cracker Barrel and ordered the ham for Thanksgiving that they were doing, you know. Well, he went down there, PJ went down there to get the ham, and he got home with it, and it was frozen ham. I know, it's time to say, ah. Oh. Well, what if you were having company that day, and you were going to serve that cooked ham, and there it was frozen so I got a phone call. This all has to do with seed time. It's practical stuff. Amen? So I said, I sure do. And she said, well, PJ will come over and get it then because we don't have time to throw out. It was Thanksgiving Day. So she needed John's seed. She needed my harvest and it just kept multiplying. And so PJ came and got 
my ham, <laughs> John's ham, uh, you know, and took it home and saved the day. <laughs> saved the day. That all came from me sowing seed of food to people. You sow a lot of food. You've got a harvest coming. It never ends. Listen to me. Your harvest never ends on your seed because it keeps multiplying. So don't quit being a sower. It's seed time, girls. It's time to sow seed. You've got to see this. You've got to understand this. And you've got to understand the power that's in that seed. It just keeps going if we don't eat it. If we don't eat it. And so since I sowed that ham, uh, I have had, let's see, Thanksgiving Day, uh, we did our Thanksgiving on Saturday before. Well, I was going to be alone that day. I was invited to Susan's for Rusty's family, but I wasn't going to go. Well, it just so happened that David and Annette, who, my son, lives across the road from me. I don't know why I'm telling all this, Lord. <laughs> anyway, it's sure interesting, isn't it? My life is interesting <laughs> to you, isn't it? <laughs> you love it? <laughs> okay. So, but life is real, girls. And we're talking about the value of seed and how it just keeps going and going and going. Don't limit it. And so part of my harvest was, it just so happened that David and Annette were going to her brothers for Thanksgiving Day. So they came over to my house Wednesday evening. And we were sitting around and, and we, we were talking and they were going to be home, just the two of them and Savannah, because her kids were going to be with their dad. And so we were sitting there, and Annette and I were looking. I said, we were thinking about going out. Well, you can't go anywhere in town on Thanksgiving Day without there being a line out the doors. I said, I don't want to cook. In fact, I'm not going to cook. Annette said, I don't want to cook either. So Fanny said, I'll cook. Seed. Let, get this. This whole life I'm telling you about is a result of sowing seed. All, every day. And so, uh, she said, what do y'all want? I said, I don't know. And it said, well, I don't know either. I, you know, she said, we're just going to pull our rocking chairs up in here in the kitchen and we're going to watch her cook. <laughs> so, y'all get this. This is my life and it's all a result of seed I've sown all through the years. Okay, seed time and harvest. So, I said, you know, something cold sounds good. We were still full from our Saturdays, Thanksgiving. I said, something cold sounds good. Now, y'all don't draw up when I say this. And it said, you know what? What about that strawberry soup? I said, yes. Oh, listen, girls, it is so good. And we got the, I said, I've got that recipe. And it came from the old Van Buren downtown in a restaurant that served cold strawberry soup. Now you cooks, correct me, because I don't know how we pronounce this, the Greta Dime, Greta Dean? 
Greta Dean, thank you. It has that in it. And that's one of the differences. And so I had that recipe. I pulled that out, and that was in there. Well, I know Kroger some places carries that. And it gave all the amounts of everything with no instructions. So Savannah and Annette created that at their house. And so they brought everything to my house to cook. And so that strawberry soup was awesome. And we thought, okay, what do we need to go with the strawberry soup? So I suggested turkey sliders. Doesn't that sound good to y'all? I mean, that was the best lunch on Thanksgiving Day, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. And we just drew up our little chairs and watched Vanna, the chef, I started calling her my chef, let her cook. It was an awesome day. I wasn't lonely. Okay, that all came from seed time and harvest. Your seeds that you've been planting all along is going to influence your lifestyle. It's going to influence your tomorrow because it has a harvest on it. I don't know. This, it, it was just an awesome one, <laughs> awesome, awesome. But everything, I've got to let John Van Cleef know how his ham just journeyed from house to house. You know what? It even journeyed to some of the company that was over there that I'm not sure were even born again. But there's a harvest on it. Well, so much for that. Let's see where we're going to go. This may have to continue after Christmas. Okay. So, you know, in Mark 4, we all know this. It talks about the sowing and reaping principle. Um, let's go to Mark 4. And I think I want to go to verse 11 because we're not going to have time to read that whole, whole thing. But you do need to read all of that about the sowing and reaping the principle, the parable that's told there. But I'm thinking, uh, maybe that's not where I want to go. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, I do. In verse 11, I'm dropping way down here. And Jesus said unto them, unto you, everybody say me, me. is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without Jesus, all these things are done in parables. So that's why he taught in parables, was to reach those people that are not born again, for one thing, and to show us something. Now then. Jesus told his followers they had been given something. Did you get that? You look at that. He said, I've given you something. Well, what is it? What? Jesus, what have you given me? But he said, but you're going to have to have ears to hear. You're going to have to pay attention to what I'm telling you that I'm giving you. What were they? What were they and what were you given? It was a knowledge of how the kingdom of God works. He gave you the knowledge of how the kingdom of God works. 
the ground you have to you have to sow this knowledge in is your soul. We have to sow the seed in ground, good ground. And the ground to us in, in our everyday life is our soul. We have to sow the seed, this knowledge of how the kingdom of God works. Let me repeat that. We have to sow the knowledge of how the kingdom of God works, and he gave it to us. We've got to sow that right up here in our soul. How does it work? You know, then as we sow the knowledge of how this kingdom of God works, there has to become a, a coming together. Or, or I, let me say this. There has to be a uniting of the, the seed and the soil because your heart, he says, and heart in the word of God is not all, does not always mean the spirit. A lot of the places, if you'll do search, research on it, it means your soul. The heart means the soul. So there has to be a uniting and a coming together of the uh, seed and the soul, which is the soul. There has to be a, com a uniting of the seed that you're sowing, the word of God. It says the word is a seed. So there has to become a uniting of the word with your soul. Amen. And the success of this word that I'm sowing in my soul depends on the, the harvest depends on the condition of my soul because it's a soil. What is the condition of my soul for receiving the harvest? Do I have hindrances there? Do I have strife there? Do I have unforgiveness there? Do I have misunderstandings there? Do I have hurt feelings there? Whatever it is, I have to cleanse the soul and not just cleanse the soul of those things to make it good soil, but I have to remove all of that and replace it with the knowledge of the kingdom of God that he gave to us. He gave it to us. Praise God for that knowledge. So... Your harvest depends on your diligence to keep the seed, which is God's word. Keep the seed in the ground. You've got to keep the word in the ground. And then hold fast to your, your confession. Whatever's coming, because Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He comes after the word of God. Don't let him steal it. What have you been speaking? What are the confessions you've been saying? Don't let Satan steal those because if he does, if he's successful in stealing your confession of the word, then he has limited your harvest. So you can see we need to clean out our closet up here, don't we? And replace it with what the word says. So the seed is always an image of the harvest. You, you've got to meditate on that. It's always an image of the harvest. The only thing is that seed, when I hold that corn seed, what do I see? I see a harvest of a field of corn. Well, what happened? That seed was multiplied when I put it in the ground. It was multiplied. And so the difference in that seed that you're holding in your hand is the fact that it's going to be multiplied. It becomes more than a seed. 
it becomes seeds, plural. Are y'all getting this? It becomes seeds. You don't have to be concerned about the seed because it's God's word. It's what the word of God says. So it's full of power. God's word is full of power. Uh, but my job and your job is to connect the seed, his word, connect his word up here. I've got to take the time to connect it to my soul so it will grow in us because we're planting it up here. Anything we plant will grow. Our issue has been we've been planting the wrong thing in this soil and the soil has become contaminated with the wrong thing. And so we've got to connect the word of God to our soul so it will grow in us. And as it grows in us, uh, it'll get rid of bad reports. It'll get rid of um, strife. As we sow the word and connect it up here, it'll get rid of unforgiveness. The problem has been we've not sowed it up here. We keep listening to those words, what's been done to us. We keep living in what happened yesterday. You can't live in what happened yesterday if it was bad. You just simply cannot do it because uh, it, 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 it will not cause your, or allow your harvest to grow in you. Give it a place up here to where the word of God can grow. Forget the past, girls. Why do you want to drag yesterday into today if you know it's going to hinder your harvest? Why do you want to do that? The problem is we don't realize that's what we're doing. But it's hindering our harvest. So I like this quote. When your spirit is forced to work all by himself, it is because your soul has gone able. A-W-O-L. When your spirit is forced to work all by himself without this up here, it's because my soul has gone AWOL. And your flesh has become a sluggard and undisciplined. Our flesh will be undisciplined if we don't attach the word to it right up here. You know, in Matthew 6, verse 33, we all know that particular scripture. I'm saying you do. that. It says to seek first the kingdom of God. What's he saying? Seek first the way the kingdom of God works. It's seed time and harvest. That's how the kingdom of God works. It's how, how it operates. Okay, so if you, if you have a, a need, whatever it is, then what I need to do is to find the seed to meet that need. I'm going to search for it. We've got to search for that seed. Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray in the Spirit what that seed is. And I thank you, you're going to reveal that scripture to me. Bring it to my remembrance or have somebody share it with me, whatever. So I pray in the Spirit the answer. And then I trust that, that it's going to come to my mind where I can apply it. I'm telling you, praying in the Spirit is a great tool that you, we all need to be using more and more. Okay, so we had mentioned finances. Well, if it, it is fi finances, you've got to have the right seed. So I'm going to give just a cup, two of them. 
One of them is Luke 6.38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So God's going to speak to you to be the answer for somebody that is believing for the finances to be met. Right? He will lay on my heart who I need to sow to. And remember, when I'm, when I'm meeting their need, I'm also sowing a seed that my need will be met. It's all seed time and harvest. Praise God. And another one, let's, let's go to Malachi. Let's, let's just touch on that just briefly. I'm not going and don't draw up when we mention Malachi. Because everybody knows that's the tithing scriptures. I love it. I am so thankful for tithing. There is so much power in becoming a tither. You are sowing seed. It is seed time and harvest. Amen. But I'm just going to drop down uh, to some of the benefits. And we'll get into tithing some other time. But, uh, but he, go, he goes in there, at, you know, above all that and talks about the curse, how that we curse ourselves by not being a tither. But in verse 11, he says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be jobs, whether, whatever it is, whatever you have sowed for, whatever it is that you've been sowing for, he says, he shall not, uh, the enemy will not be able to destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord the host. But he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He will do that. And you know, that's the only scripture I know of where it talks about him being the rebuker. Because it's up to us after that. But it's concerning the tithe. He will, he will handle that for you. Is Satan is coming to steal your goods? Praise God. Father, I thank you. You're rebuking the devourer, and he will not steal my harvest on being a tither. I dismiss you, Satan, from your assignment against my finances in the name of Jesus. And I, st- I dispatch the ministering angels to go forth and to bring that harvest into me. Angels, you go right now. And the angels will go, and they'll begin a work. But you have to believe that, and you have to become a recipient of it. I'm a receiver. I don't know about y'all, but I am a receiver. But in that verse 10 is really where I wanted to go basically to. He says, Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me. That word prove me is really important Them Herewith. Prove him with what? Your tithe. Prove him. He's talking about your finances here. Prove him with your tithe, he says, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's two particular scriptures we, t- we covered today about your finances, and that was Luke 6, 38, and, and the tithing. Prove me. But I want you to notice something that he said in verse 10. The first two words are very important. Bring ye. Bring ye all. 
This involves something that you do. This is on something that I do. And it has to be my will to do it. I will to bring my tithe. All of it. All of it. And you know, money can come in your hands. And it's hard sometimes for that soul to say you're going to write zeros on that. Do y'all understand where I'm coming from? I received a small inheritance from my brother when he passed away in Washington State because he didn't have a wife. She had passed away, and he never had children. And so what was his became mine and the other siblings. It was divided between me and the other siblings. And you know what? I had to make myself obey this word and put the zeros on that check. But I knew the value of obedience to the word. And so I just started rejoicing, and I turned loose of it. You know why? Because it wasn't mine. It wasn't mine. I had to give him what was his. So I did it. And you know what happened as I sowed that? Harvest came on being obedient to the word because my obedience was a seed. Everything's a seed, girls. Man, I just, Holy Spirit, open up our eyes, our mind to revelation, to what you have a plan for us to prosper in every area of our life, praise God. So that bring ye. So the tithe, if you'll notice, it blesses the operation of the church, the ministry. It talks about that. It takes money to run a church. Church is a business. A business. And that's one thing Tom had was a business head. We owned a Pontiac Buick and GMC dealership in England, Arkansas. And you don't have 20 employees without learning some things. And you run a church just like you do a business because it is a business. And a lot of people don't like it when you say that, but it is a business. Amen. So um, anyway, so it takes money to do that. And then you go on and you look and, and you are individually blessed because you tithe. So God puts out a challenge to me. When he says, prove me. Prove me with the tithing. You just prove me. Well, I've proven him. I'm amazed. I am so amazed. I look and I think, where did all this come from that I have? You know, where did it, how did it come? How did it get to me? I'm, I'm absolutely amazed. And it comes from a seed. It comes from obedience and commitment to do what the Word of God says to do. So, oh, oh mercy. This is a quote. If we would have God to open his treasury, we must open ours. Praise God. And, and Proverbs 3, I'm not going to turn there, verses 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. And with the first fruits of all your increase, I forgot what translation that is. 
Let me start over. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. And the Amplified says this. Honor the Lord with your capital sufficiency and with the first fruits of all your income. The tithe is the only place, like I said, where, where God will rebuke. That's the only place I've found. There may be others. If it is, I don't know about it. Where God rebukes the devourer when we, when we are a tither. So, oh, man. You're being blessed and him rebuking the devourer is directly connected to you being a tither. Well, I, I, I could teach on tithing all day, but I'm not going to. But it, it has changed our life when we decided to be committed to that and doing what God says. So, listen to this. When you bring your tithe, remember, ye bring it, immediately the blessing that is connected to it is activated. Isn't that awesome? So, you know what? i got to think about that. I normally bring my tithe to the church and give it to, put it on Tanya's desk or Charlotte or whoever. I normally do that on a Monday. But if I don't get here on a Monday to do that, I do it on Tuesday. And so yesterday I brought mine, my tithe, like the word said. And I gave it to, I don't know if I gave it to Tanya or Debbie. I gave it to Debbie that handles that, counting all of that. And I got so excited. I said, hallelujah. The blessing that goes with that has done been activated. Isn't that exciting? My, my blessing's been activated because I gave my tithe yesterday. Well, listen, you ought to get excited. That's something to get excited about. And you know what? Expect it. Give thanks. Give. Th- I mean, I'm so excited about my harvest coming in on being a tither. I need some more money. Why? So I can be a blessing. I want more than just being able to meet my needs and my kids' needs. I want to be able to be the blessing because God prophesied that. I want to be a blessing. Hallelujah. That's so exciting. So I'm, I'm, I know I'm getting close on time, so I'm going to give you something. I wish Mary Collins was here. I've started going through a, lot of, a bunch of old notes. I have every notebook that I've ever taught out of. Uh, yeah. But she taught this, and this is a quote. She said, this was her title, fully loaded, fully loaded, half cocked, or running on empty. And she taught that. What, and she made, these are statements she made in that teaching that I got off of that uh, note. What is your relationship with the word? I said, well, glory to God, I better sit here and think about that. What is my relationship with the word? It should be obedience. It should be commitment. She said an an aborted word has no value. That's pretty good thinking, isn't it? And (laughs) half-cocked is one that means well. He's full of the word, but he lacks commitment. He goes off half-cocked. What's missing? Commitment. Commitment to the word. Girls, Get committed to the word of God. This is the time for sowing and reaping. This is the day you start planting. Amen. So I went back 
and read Genesis 1 on the creation and how God spoke the world into existence. And his words were seed that he released. When he created everything, he spoke grass into existence. He spoke everything that we need in this earth into existence. And you know what really is up to me? The grass is still producing. The earth is still producing. This earth, this dirt is going to continue to produce whatever you put in it because the command was on the earth. Now that's pretty powerful. That What he said is still working. If I need grass in my yard, which I do in a few places, then praise God, that dirt's going to produce grass. If I need trees, in my yard, when I plant a tree, that ground is going to give that seed of that tree, that acre, it's going to give that acre exactly what it's need. Amen? I mean, we've got to go back and we've got to think about some of this stuff. So, wow. He gave command to the earth. You go back and you read that. He gave a command to the earth and he said, you produce whatever they put in it. You do it. That's pretty powerful. So, what do you want to grow? <laughs> Amen? Just to realize, just to sit and realize the magnificence of the power that's in a seed. I mean, just sit and meditate on the power of the seed that you have already planted that Satan has come to steal your harvest off of. I mean, I call it in. I've got harvest out there that's due me. I really do. But I sow something in the financial realm every single day. I have seed in the ground. It may not be the same amount of seed that I sow toward finances, but I sow it every day. I've got big harvests coming because God multiplies every one of those seeds I sow. you got to get a hold of this, girls. You better be ready for the end times. Get ready, get ready, get ready. As T.J. Max, whatever his name is, T.J. Huh? No. The minister, the black minister. I mean, he keeps, he'll say, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, you know. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> we got to do it. What's he saying to us? I'm preparing you for your tomorrows. There's going to be people out there that needs you. There's going to be people out there. There may be people in here today that need you. And there's certainly people out there that need your finances, that needs whatever you have. So um, anyway, I looked this up because uh, the, the thought came to me about an elm tree. And I don't remember what book that was in years ago. But the tree, this tree, the elm tree, produces 1,584 millions of seeds. And each of these seeds, of the 1,584 millions, each of these seeds has the power of producing the same number. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The power that's in a seed. So, I just got five minutes. The seed, the Webster's Dictionary. The, part of a the seed is the part of a plant that contains the embryo. And will develop into a new plant if, if it's sown. Okay? Any part from which a new plant, it's any part from which a new plant will grow. 
That's the embryo. Okay. And it is the source or origin of anything. Now look up the word embryo. It's the early undeveloped stage of something. The seed has an embryo. It's the early undeveloped stage of something. So what happens to that seed that has this embryo in it when we plant it? It starts to develop what it was meant to be. You get that? Okay. The seed of the fruit or the seed of your harvest is in itself is what the word says. The reproductive power of the seed is in your harvest. You don't stop sowing the seed when you receive the harvest. You get the seed out of that harvest. You get the seed out of that harvest and you sow that seed. It just keeps going and going and going. So the seed for a greater harvest, for it, it's in your fruit. It's in what you do. It's in what you sow. So in closing, <laughs> I could just go on and on. There, there is truly a seed for every need. Pray it in the spirit. I want to know what that seed is, Lord. Pray it in the spirit and say, okay, I receive that. And you don't have it up here yet. You don't have that knowledge up here yet, but you'll get it. Amen. Praise God.